0: Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all over the world. And we're jumping into our first year of practical applications for people with diabetes. We have a very special guest with us today. It's not often that I get other podcasters on this podcast, but occasionally we get to have the pleasure. So Sammy Parker, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Rob, for having me. And yeah, I know. Podcaster to podcaster. <laughs>
0: you know, it's just like the handshake emoji. like here we are. <laughs> yeah, it
1: is the handshake emoji.
0: <laughs> and Eritrea is here in the booth with us as well. Uh, oh. so today is actually you know you threw me for a little bit of a curveball on uh, on our episode because today is your 10th anniversary. So wow. 10 years with yeah. diabetes today. so I want to talk about that i want I want to nerd out a little bit on, you know, for you. Looking back 10 years, yeah. like what moments well, stand out to you, like with diabetes and like, what would you tell yourself like 10 years ago? You know, if you could, you know, visit your, yeah. yourself 10 years ago today, what would you, what would you say?
1: So it was so weird because the last few weeks I like not was preparing for today, but I was like, heck yes. Like what am I going to eat? And I like used to love this cereal called do oat bran. And you know what that is, but I was like, yes, like this is what I'm going to eat today. <laughs> like, we're gonna give balls to the wall, and then I woke up this morning not remembering. And my mom like hit me with that soft text, and and then I was like, oh, it's today, and it's so anticlimactic. Like I'm getting over being sick. Like, um, and I kind of, for me, had a flashback to my first anniversary. I like walked downstairs, and they were all my family was all like smiling, and I think they. Unless I'm envisioning that they were this nice. But I think they got me like a balloon or something. I don't know. Something sweet. And I I just started crying. And I was like, oh. And it wasn't like happy tears. It was like the emotions were rolling. And they all looked at me like, oh no. And I was like, I'm sorry. I just, because it was so much to take in. So I think for me, it's cool looking from where I started at first. And not that like that full year was me just crying. But your approach and like. How you've dealt with it for one year compared to now, like ten years. I'm like hell yeah, we're just another ten to go. Like,
0: I've been talking recently with people about like when you're in it in that moment, things kind of seem overwhelming, or they seem like you're never going to be able to get better at them, and it's very frustrating. And then you know if time passes, if you allow time to pass, you can you know look back and see that you're handling it now better than you ever thought you would at that time. And you know for for even like serious things, like you may even write it down, put it in an envelope and open it in a year or something. And like, you know, you'll realize how far you've come and how much progress that you've made. But man, you were diagnosed when you were 12. Like that's a pretty tough time to live with yeah. diabetes. We talk about it a lot on the podcast of like, most people look at their teenage years as the most difficult time with diabetes in their life. Oh my God. And that's like right <laughs> where you started.
1: Terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I think I I really didn't, I, I could have gone back now. Like and told my twelve year old stuff, I would have been like, okay, the next five years are gonna suck, and then but then there's like it's gonna get great because every day's still gonna be a good day even if it's sucky, and I wish I also would have just said like just take it for what it is and don't stress so much because I think, and this isn't to like bad mouth parents, no offense, parents, you guys are great, but like it's kind of tough, like tough I guess because parents want to make that perfect range for their child and. My parents weren't that way. Like, if I was high and I was just high for three days and I couldn't get down, that's what it was. And we weren't going to sit there and I wasn't going to get in trouble. I wasn't going to be like, well, we got to fake. Like, it was just that's what it was. And we knew I was resistant. Um, Obviously, they weren't like, oh, let's just be high all the time. But it was kind of one of those things where that's they were very like go with the flow with it. And we tried to find the reasonings. But. It's also like it's not perfect and you don't have a balanced life if you're going to try to make it perfect every step of the way, which is something I think it takes a while for a lot of diabetics to learn.
0: Well, I think, too, like giving yourself space to be human. Uh, Yeah. And I talk about that a lot. Like, uh, we're not robots. We are people. And, you know, having. Race. Uh, And, you know, also I think there's like a performance aspect. I talk a lot about like type one sometimes turns you into very type A, like performance oriented and you can't like can't accept yourself if you're not worthy or your blood sugars are not like perfect or like you were saying. So, man, shout out to your parents. I mean, I think, uh, you know, being willing to just let you fail or let you just be high for a little while.
1: Yeah, it was so tough. Like I all through high school because I deal with um, adrenal PCOS, so my basically adrenal glands over, uh, it's like overproduction um, of cortisol. And then also for me, so I dealt with that and then I was insulin resistant. And so they were trying, it was like my medication just didn't work. Like the insulin was like, which I know we all joke like water, but this was like for four years that it was like my A1Cs were just no matter. And it wasn't like I was the kid that was, you know, in the backseat, just like, screw this. It was like, I was checking my blood sugar, giving all my insulin, like counting all my carbs. Not eating desserts, and I just had like nine point four, ten point one, eight point nine, eight point, and I was like, oh, 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 okay. Like, and so I think that's something that a lot of times when I ask kids right now that are going through high school, it's like, oh, it's like six point eight, and then their parents like, no. yeah.
0: I mean, you see a lot of times like, I and I talk yeah. to parents at conference too, and I and I think like this is not to you know talk down on on parents of kids with diabetes because it's very difficult and we've had amazing parents on the show and they're amazing listeners who are parents and caregivers of people with diabetes but you know you're trying to be perfect you're trying to and your perspective is different as a caregiver because you're like oh well here's this acceptable range that's healthy we got to do whatever we can to stay within that range and when you're outside even a little bit like it's it's unknown you know what kind of Damage that's causing, and you know we talk about the c word on this podcast a lot, like complications uh yeah. you don't you don't want to open yourself up to those, and it can be scary and I think you know operating from a place of fear and fear of the unknown can be difficult for parents and you know Tray and I have talked a lot about like our dads like couldn't really accept that they did anything wrong or they didn't do anything wrong uh with us getting diabetes. It was just like a hard thing for my dad specifically to like, connect to, yeah and you know, so I think there's a lot of like guilt and, and, and things hanging over with that as well. But yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you know, your A1C is not the end all be all. It's not a reflection on you as a person. Uh, although, you know, there are the acceptable and, and the ranges that will, you know, make sure that you're helping to totally. avoid those long-term complications.
1: Yeah, and I think it's yeah. tricky. Oh, sorry.
2: That's so, sorry. something that I'm just like, wow. Like, first of all, your parents sound really, really nice. And also you said that you couldn't have a balanced life if you're trying to make it perfect every step of the way. And I think that perfectly encapsulates like what diabetes can try to force you to become, which is like perfect, but it's not yeah. often, but that no. way. Be and balanced and have everything at all like perfection actually would breed miserable. Like to be miserable, M- miserable.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Because I even, even sometimes like when I'm doing stuff, it's like, oh, your your blood sugar is two twenty. Oh my god, you're high. I'm like, oh, in diabetes I'm like it's okay. I'm like, you know, that's that's high, but like we're we're all, like the adrenaline's going we're dancing like it's fine it'll come down after and so i think it's like just finding that i don't know medium and i think it's easier for kids who get diagnosed younger because you have that you don't have the adult brain yet where you're like numbers oh gosh i'm not tackling this like an adult but like i feel bad for people sometimes i get diagnosed later on cuz i think some people have no issue but other people have a really tough time cuz they see like ranges like on blood work or something and they're like wait why is it 170 and they like freak out and I'm like no no like 170 would be like chill for like a solid five hours like that's okay but it's how we approach it it's almost like the you know imagination of like a child is like allows for that flexibility with numbers whereas I feel Hmm. like when you get older you don't allow yourself unless you grew up with it and you still have it in your like system and yeah. It's almost like a
0: binary, like black and white yeah. looking at it, like high is bad, low is bad. Like yeah. only, only this is in the middle. Uh huh. Yeah. It can it can be tough. I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about like chasing numbers and like, you know, trying to and like perfection, I think, too, is there, there's something in the diabetes community. And maybe you you've experienced this a little bit as well of like, you know, we compare our numbers to each other. Uh, even without like actively doing it, because you'll see like, oh, a good number, oh, a bad number. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what I've seen in the past is like people are a lot more actively responding to bad numbers because they feel like there's no judgment for them. Like they feel like it's like the sort of, the veil is off, like, oh, you know, Rob's sharing that he's got this blood sugar that's way out of range and I can relate to that. And it's nice to see somebody who's also going through it uh, versus this idea of, Oh, perfection, perfection. Let's only share the blood sugars that we feel good about, not share all of them.
1: Totally. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Because I think, too, so a lot of people, yeah, anytime I put that out there, it's like, I'm like, oh, 380, like, S hormones. And people are like, oh, I'm genie too. And I'm like, okay, because I get it because it's like no one wants to talk about it. But then I also sometimes feel bad for people when they put good blood sugars. I'm like, nobody's even hyping them up because they're just like, screw you.
0: Right. They're Uh, just like, yeah, there's something they could be celebrating and they just get eye-rolled. Yeah. Uh, You know, but there is something too, and I think especially for women, uh, and so I I wonder if you've experienced this a little bit. Yeah. My experience is different. People typically don't give me very much advice uh, and uh, I like that, so keep that up. But, you know, I think when you are opening yourself up to feedback from people in the mm-hmm. community or just feedback from people in general living kind of as a content creator, public figure, uh, you are opening yourself up to unwanted feedback and unwanted, oh, necessi- you know, unsolicited, 000%. so to speak.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I've had that. So I, because the PCOS, the adrenal, which a lot of women I know type one that are basically like prone to it. And my doctor would like recommend birth controls. And you know, that's one of those ones that you're never going to have someone give you the exact perfect answer because you're gonna have someone yelling at you for taking it saying it's bad for you and then you're gonna have someone saying it's only thing you know, that's gonna keep your numbers down and like one week i'm feeling it the other week i'm not or whatever but it's amazing to me also like the time and energy yeah, that people take to basically like shoot you down on it and you're like okay i'm just this is just i'm sharing i'm giving you my experience Take it or leave it. I really don't care. Like, mm-hmm. quite honestly, when I'm talking to the phone, I forget this is even going to people, and then sometimes I'm like, yeah, you probably should have like filtered a little more. Um, but I think that's like part of what it is too. And like, I know for me at least, and this is gonna come out mean. I don't like looking at people's Instagrams that is, like perfect, like they have a full face of makeup. I'm like,
0: and it's like, looks like, well, like this. It's like, no, you didn't.
1: I'm like, it was just like, oh my god, today was the best blood sugar day ever. I'm like, okay. All right.
0: Unfollow. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, there is that level of transparency that you want to have where it's like authentic. Yeah. And I think people are really quick to suss out when it doesn't feel that way.
1: Oh, totally. And I, I didn't I almost feel like it's only in the diabetes community because all my other friends are like, do you follow this influencer? And I'm like, what? And they like want to. But then in the diabetes world, you see somebody like that and you're like, nope, <laughs> like <laughs> canceled." <laughs> um. So, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And people definitely want to share their opinions or like, no, you're doing this wrong. I'm like,
2: guess what? There's no wrong because everybody's diabetes is different. <laughs> so, that's why I think that as women, it's so important to set boundaries and like shout out the person who taught me glitter glucose, shout out Paloma.
1: <laughs> the like, queen
0: of boundaries. Wait,
2: I just <laughs> was thinking about that. And comments, you will be black, baby, because this. It's not Burger King. You're not going to have it your way. This is my way. So like, yeah, no. And I, yeah. I love having women role models in a space where like what we're not doing and what we're not putting up with is that bullshit. So no, I can't
1: do it. No, I can't. It's just it's rough. I'm like, this is be-. or it's like, come on, did you really wake up and put on a full face of bronzer and blush to make this real? Like someone help me. <laughs>
0: Well, and I think too, you, you know, like setting healthy boundaries yeah. as content creators, like let's talk a little bit about you know, your year this year. Uh you launched or, and, and are part of as the co-host of the Just My Type pod, uh which you yes. guys launched this year, and like you've opened your life with diabetes up to the diabetes community and the greater public. Um so like what have you learned in your first year about yourself? as well as like learned about the community and like living as like a, a content creator, public figure, like in this space.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's actually really, it's been interesting because I started the Instagram. I don't remember like three years ago, four, three years ago, but I was very like, didn't really go on it. Didn't follow people. Like I was, I'm not going to just follow random people, but then soon, you know, you learn like, that's what you do. And um, I was like, very confused by it because I was like, wait, people are just what are they, what are they talking about? And then, um, kind of when I started like posting more just like workouts and nutrition because I was that was my undergrad degree, like I'm in master's for that, I'm super interested. And randomly, it'd be like, I met a type one here, a type one there, and then they'd follow and be like, oh, it's really helpful when you like talk about this, this, this. Um, and then when we launched the podcast, which was so cool, but basically, how that worked is I got asked. I was like working as kind of a partnership with um, like this one company and they were like, hey, we have like an opening. Basically, we want to launch a podcast that's like a type two with a type one and just talks about anything and everything, like nothing really censored. Um, And I mean, I love talking. So I was like, oh, so funny how that works. I graduate in December. (laughs) I'll take it um, if you'll have me. So I've had the interview with them. And it kind of just worked out that me and Dobie, like co-host, just like clicked. Like it it worked. And honestly, he was skeptical because he heard like 22-year-old girl from California. He was like, what the heck? And then I was thinking like, okay, wait, what? He's from where? Like Milwaukee? Ah? And um, And it kind of just worked. And so it was really cool because we basically just wanted to create that space to talk about everything diabetes related and kind of Like, all the diabetes shiz that happens and random things or even, like, I joke, I say it's pulling the D card. Like, I always pull the D card. I mean, like, that's how I, if I'm really having a bad day, I'm like, I'm pulling it today. Like, today's not the day to mess with me. Um, And it's just fun to kind of create that kind of stuff with Dobie and that content and diabetes words and whatnot. But it's really been cool because I've met everybody since then. Like, in terms of, like, all the connections right now, I feel like I know of people or through Instagram. It's been through the podcast because we get to hear, just like, you know, obviously you get to hear everybody's story, what they did, how they want to move forward, what they've accomplished, what the hardest things were, what's inspired them. And that's been the most rewarding thing out of everything because now it's like, ooh, I like, in my head, I have a question. Like, oh, I wonder if somebody knows that. Oh, let me text, like, Bella Kruger, like, mm, or wait, Krueger, that's how they pronounce it. Like, let me text her, you know, or or it's just funny or even like, Laura, let me text Laura. And it's just easy. And before I didn't have that. And so that's been really interesting too, and how it impacts the approach. Because I think even before that, like I was so confident with diabetes and didn't care, but you still feel like you're like, okay, well, I'm I'm putting myself, like everybody sees and does it, but now I want to like do good in my area. And so I feel like this has given me the opportunity to like reach and find out information and provide resources for people hopefully (laughs) not sure if i'm succeeding in that way but yeah it's just interesting though
0: like like you said you kind of like go you're living your life with diabetes and this is my experience too like 10 years basically on on your own so to speak and you have your maybe your friends or you know peers that you've met uh, maybe you went to diabetes camp like maybe you met somebody at a you know a, a community event of some kind but you don't have this like community, like these people, that you know, by name uh, or at least know by Instagram handle. And you can like DM them and be like, hey, I have a question about this or hey, oh, this person knows this person knows this person and I can connect you to them. Yeah, and, Like that's I think been the like the biggest thing I, I, I say this like corny phrase, like a friend with diabetes is a friend indeed, because like they can just demystify all the all the stuff you're going through. Like they've definitely been through it before. And if they have it, they know somebody who has and they can either link you to the post where they're talking about it or they can just introduce you to the person directly. And like, I lived 10 years of my life with diabetes without having that. And it's just such yeah. a huge life hack. It's a, And you know, it's something, uh, there's a lot of research articles, rhetoric around the negatives around social media, but truly one of the pod- positives is getting connected to communities like the diabetes community and where you can level up your life really quickly. I don't know if you guys can hear snap on the snap on the audio, but you can level it up really quickly. Uh, when you know the right people, know the right place to go.
1: No, I completely agree. Because even, you know, I'm one of those people that I kind of get over my Instagram, not my di- not my diabetes one. But I joke when I say to my friends, like I'm deleting my Instagram. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> not my type one. <laughs> That's totally different. I'm deleting regular Instagram because it's so night and day and, in terms of like what the priority is of that account and right. what the need is for it. Um, And it's, even with like, I don't I even I had a negative skew on TikTok. Like I, I refused to get TikTok for like, I don't know how many years it was. Hated it with like, I'm never touching this. Because all I saw was like girls that were in high school dancing. And I was like, okay, I grew up dancing and you would never see me putting my booty on the camera. Like just that wasn't me. And that's all I viewed it as. And then I finally had people who almost like sat me down. Like, you have to understand that like, like the the diabetes community is also there. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, huh? And then my best friend, Erica, was like, really, she's like, look, I saw this girl. And I was like, and then it was like a whole new world. And I was like, wait, what is happening now? Which that one's hard for me because, I, you know, it takes me a little time to make those videos. So I'm like, Instagram is kind of easier. But um, in general, like, it's funny how, yeah, we skew social media in different ways. Like, I hated it, hated regular Instagram, but then with diabetes or Any kind of cause, I'm like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Like, even if you would have asked me, would you have met you for, like, I would never have been like, oh yeah, I'm going to meet Rob in Dallas, you know, through like the Just My Type podcast and we're just going to like talk. And now I can just DM him something funny.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, it's it's so wild. It's amazing how like quickly you can develop those relationships too. That's something that when you talk about diabetes meetups and like, you know, Mm -hmm. Zooms or live chats, we don't have to explain what we're doing. You know, like, I think that's the power of like community meetups. You go, you don't have to say, Hey, I'm Rob and I live with diabetes, which means I have to do all this stuff. It's like, Oh, we can just skip all of that uh, and just get down to like, Oh, this is who I am as a person. This is what I'm interested in. Like, this is, you know, and we can relate to each other on a level that's way deeper than just any other person that you've met on the street. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. Super important. Would highly encourage anyone. And Eritrea put this in the chat. Like uh, if you have a die buddy, uh, people with diabetes have 40% better control than people who don't. So that's uh that's well, I mean, right there that's well, our trailer, gonna, the fact machine.
1: I was gonna ask you something too. Do you think um I don't know like this is me, but I used to, so you know when like there's just different nothing against support groups, support groups are great. But I before, like whenever I would hear someone's like, Oh, they have a support group for this or oh that I'd be like, oh I don't want to go to one of those. And for some reason though. I don't know if it's because it's like voluntarily you're doing it. So it's not like you're being right. forced into it. But on with diabetes, I'm like, oh, no, it's so different, though, with the support group. Like these people are not like random people, whatever. It's like I, I know right away what they've been through. I know that they have a down-to-earth level because they deal with diabetes, which is a full-time job, and anybody who deals with it, you're a badass. So I'm like right away I know. But it's funny because before when I heard support group, I'd be like, hell no, I'm not going to a support group. Like what? And then voluntarily you're like, oh no, it's just like my like friends that have diabetes. Like you find a way, you know, it's just funny. I don't know.
0: I think call. support group just is a terrible name. It's <laughs> so bad. like It carries a lot of connotation with it because like yeah. what, is, what is this even right here <laughs> that is yeah. just a digital support group? Uh, and yeah. you know, it's a little bit more passive. Same thing on Instagram. Like you don't have to share. Nobody's going to call you out or like point at you. Like you can like just kind of do it on your own time. Totally. Which I think is, and like, everybody's different. There are people who like never post, who follow, who like, like literally mm-hmm. every single one of my diabetes posts. And it's like, I they I don't know anything about them, and no. I know that they connect with diabetes. So it's yeah. like, you really never know. And, and that's why I encourage people, you know, when I used to go speak at events, like pre COVID, yeah, like share your story. It really doesn't matter what it is. It just matters that you say, Hey, I'm here and this is me. Because you'll find somebody who connects with that. And so. Um, totally. Yeah, a thousand percent. It's great to see that happening for other people, like in different ways. Uh, you, as part of the passive support group that is Diabetes Instagram, you post <laughs> uh, a series called Diabetic Reality, which is you dropped your your D card uh, post, which is like, I think uh, was hilarious and, and very yeah. funny. Um, like what realities with diabetes that you share have gotten like the biggest response and like what diabetic realities do other people share with you like as a result
1: yeah i have to look really quick so what's funny is i i just like sometimes making like random posts on like canva like i don't know i, I was like oh you know what i'm gonna say? canva thing because i was doing this internship and she was using canva so i like made one i was like oh this is so funny it's like a diabetic reality and for some reason i don't know why it was like the weirdest thing i was like oh i guess people Like, they, like, liked it. And I was like, this is so funny. It was just, it was weird. Like, there was no brain power going towards, like, oh, maybe if I post this, people will, like, like, it was purely I thought it was funny. No one in my family thought it was funny. But I was like, whatever. So they were like, what? It was, if I'm, the first one I ever did was, if I'm being a bitch, my blood sugars are probably 300. And they were like, ah. I was like, hey, guys, come on, it's funny. Like, nobody, they, you know, my mom's like, bitch on in, on instagram I'm that's
0: like, such you know, a mom that's such a mom thing
1: I ass it. it. i'm like it's fine so um so that one was a good one which i was like that's a fair one because i mean people get it the other one is people love to hear that your job is diabetes like, like i one day was literally at the gym and i was like 300 like frick me and i'm like running and then i was like oh my god i'm a pancreas like it just was like in my head and I was like, my job is literally a pancreas. And it just came, that one came to my head in that way, which was such a random one. But that one was a good one. People liked. Um, There's been some funny ones. And then I just kind of started stuck with it. The other one was that, you know, that general one where you make, it's basically now I think it's up to like, they've done studies and the latest one was like 230 decisions. But the standard one before was like, if you make 180 more decisions a day, which I feel like when I tell people they don't, they, like, think I'm lying, you know? I don't know. I don't know if that happens to you, but they're like, no, you don't. You just take insulin when you eat. I'm like, sure. Whatever. You marker. Have
2: you done the marker thing? That's a really cool one. I did. Right. Like, no, what's that? Every time you think about diabetes, like, what's up? Hopefully you're not as stupid as I am. Don't use a permanent marker. But no, <laughs> so, did you use Sharpie? I went dumb. Yeah, I was that's like a marker. That's 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 right. Right. But also, just we tattooed. were going to pandemic. We were going to pandemic. But anyway, the point is every time we thought about diabetes, I was like, one little line. And then by the end of the day, it was like my whole arm was hungered. It was a little intense. Like I was like, Tran, did you really think about diabetes as much? But no, really, we it's just in the background. Like, oh, something yeah,
0: too, like- I think that we forget, like, and now, you know, and again, like not everybody has a CGM, not everybody uses one, but I, I feel like in the diabetes community, for the most part, like they're pretty commonly used, widely used. And so you know, when it's on your phone and you have, or on your pump and you could just check it whenever you think about it, it's way easier than it used to be where you're like, you know, you got to manually do your finger stick. And so I had like a, one of my sensors failed and it was a couple of days delayed on the shipment. So I had to go without the sensor for a few days. And I was like, man, like I'm testing my blood sugar like 18 times a day because like, I'm used, so used to be able to look at it anytime. And you just forget like how many times, like how many minutes that takes and then you got to make the time you got to figure out like do I correct do I you know eat something like what is what's what's the reaction response and yeah that 180 that number even though that's totally false and like that study didn't exist it just like somebody said it somewhere and it just like picked up momentum it's wild But um,
1: that's so true, though, because I even just now I was like looking to see the picture and I was looking at my Dexcom. Like right away, I went to my Dexcom. I'm like, right. Like, just
0: you're just like opening it up because that's why would you open your phone? Like, get get your number. So, like, yeah, it really is. So it's tough. Like, even people like yourself who are very outspoken about their diabetes, like, still deal with like people not realizing like what a big deal it is to live with diabetes. And I think like even me. Like, I think I've called out of work. I remember it was in like 2019. It was the first time I ever had to like get out of a meeting because of my diabetes. I was like, I got to go. I'm literally dying. Like my yeah. butcher, it was like 450 and I had a occluded site and I just like wasn't getting any insulin. And I, had, I was like, I got to go now. So, yeah, but that was the first time that, that I had had the confidence to do that and like make a big deal out of it. And people responded yeah. in a way that I was kind of uncomfortable with. Like, they were way more worried about it. After yeah, than Right. And then
1: you're like, oh, wait, um, people care? <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> right, which is even weirder. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, don't look at me.
1: Yeah. No, it is. It's true, though. I even, um, like I said, so this was funny because some people asked me what it meant. Like, people, I think, I don't know if they were diabetic. I think, like, they had people in their life that were. But I said one of them was like nighttime is living in like another day for a diabetic. It really is. Like if I wake up and I slept through the night fully and really hard and like I wake up and my eyes are swollen, I go, oh, we have a high blood sugar. (laughs) And then I look and it's like 350 and I'm like, yeah, that's why she was out cold. Um, But it's funny because people ask me that and I was like, oh, well, you have to check your blood sugar like in the middle of the night or your CGM goes off or sometimes blah, 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 blah. And he was like. What? You check in the middle of the night? I'm like, well, yes, I it's the same thing. It's just this thing called the sun goes down and uh but we still have it. <laughs> he was like, right,
0: like you still have to manage it actively.
1: Yes. He was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I was like, No, it's okay. But it was funny and you know, even like people ask, does it hurt anymore? <laughs> With your like shots because I'm on injections and I'll be like, Yeah, sometimes. And if I'm with them in one shot, like sometimes lately they've been hurting. I don't know why. But I like put it in I'm like, oh, and then someone's like, you OK? And
2: I'm like, no, I'm fine. It's just it's still a needle. Yeah, I say just, it
0: doesn't hurt. Just surprise me.
2: Oh. So since you do syringes, this is such a random question. I yeah, used to like, my family used to be when you get a shooter. So like, have you ever like given yourself a shot and then you pull it out? And for some reason, the blood goes like it like shoots out of your no, So okay. I haven't.
1: Well, a long time ago, because I'm on the flex pens. Yeah. But a while back, I had like, what was it? I was injecting and I pulled it out and the blood like went in the tooth, in the pen, and then also like shot. And my sister and I were like, Woo!
2: And I was the like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like when i my near at band that like don't make sense, but make sense that you just like, oh, I guess
1: that I'm bleeding right now. OK, what? At? And I was. Like, why is
0: it always like that, too? That's like, oh, you don't even really notice. And you're just like, oh, my God, there's blood all over my arm. Yes. Here we are. I was
1: like in the gym and I had just given a shot and I was like walking and I was like, why is this girl like aggressively staring at me right now? Like she always sees me do this. And then I realized it was like full on gripping. I'm like, oh, sorry. Got it. I was like, sorry, I'm, I have diabetes. It's all good. Yeah, I was like, we're good. She was like literally looking at me so confused. I was like, okay, I'm just going to shut up now.
0: <laughs> so kind of, kind of continue to talk about like, you know, you, you're you a content creator with diabetes. You are working on a podcast. Like what are, like, what are you doing when you're not doing that? When you're, you know, what's your life outside? You talked about the gym. You talked about, you know, running, getting outside, being yes. active. Like what's your, what's your life like when you're not being a content creator with diabetes?
1: So I'm in online grad school for exercise physiology um and the goal there is basically i want to eventually create a space that is workouts for type one specifically um and also pcos so i kind of am hoping that's like the goal there so with the masters i'll be able to become an exercise physiologist um but then i'm also in the works of about to get certified for personal training um just so i'm you know qualified so people aren't like what is she doing uh, so that's kind of the goal because I just, I love exercise and obviously diabetes, but I, yeah, I'm always at the gym. I'm doing grad school. I like to still, I don't know. I'm an outdoorsy person. I live by the beach. So I like to go and just kind of be around there, watch the sunset, do all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's It's been weird post-grad, like undergrad, because I said it's like a very weird transition phase. And when you're doing grad school, you're like, wait, I can't really do what I want to do right now, but I like have to do something. So what do I do? Um but yeah, I've kind of oh, well, I forgot the big one. I dance. Duh. Um, so that's my thing. I like grew up dancing since I was two, teach dance, I go take dance classes down at um, like in LA and different studios down there. Um and then I also am I don't know. She might kill me for saying this out Watch, She did post on her Instagram. So it's fine. But Miss Laura from You're Just My Type One is uh, trying to make a dance class in January. Uh, more details to come, but um, I'll be doing the dance class.
0: Oh, exciting.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's like my Laura, biggest.
0: Laura's passion. a big friend of the pod. So uh, she's the best. Yeah, she's awesome. And I love all the different like boys and girls events yeah. and like men events and like women's events that she's doing in LA. So it's California. so cool. We, uh, we've got some stuff in the works for her to, you know, potentially come do one in Dallas. So that's, uh, that's another teaser. That would be so but fun yeah. and
1: so cool. I might have to, like, venture out for that one.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, all are welcome. So, um, you know, like, talking about next year, we're already, like, kind of in there. Uh, so I know. So you're in grad school. Like, we're towards the end of the year, recording in the middle of December. Uh, this will go live in January. So it's a perfect time to ask about, like, you know, what's on your, like, 2023 vision board? Like, what are you planning? Any big plans for the new year? Are you do? Are you a resolutions gal? Like, what's uh, you know, what's kind of on your what what's on your twenty twenty three vision?
1: So, I think for me, I've realized with resolutions, like they're so great, and I love making a list, and I always will stick to like one or two, especially if it's like you know maybe be more compassionate or maybe don't jump the gun and settle with your thoughts before you speak, like certain things like that. Um. Those are, like my really, resolu- those
0: are like really good i
1: would say i I'm, don't jump the gun and think before you speak era like, yeah. i'm like uh me um i there's also a part of me that like before one of them was diet coke but i quit that one so i'm like huh but i kind of like the new year's resolution to be like not a time to reflect because i know people like you know do their whole like oh my God, this year was amazing. Um, like 2022 back, that whole thing. But I would say I kind of like to almost do it as like a refresher for what my goals are and like what I still want my intentions to be for the year. Because I feel like it's easier to lose sight of your intentions and necessarily to constantly be like adding so many things on your plate that you can't handle it all. So I almost like to keep it like balanced. And then I just swap out things that I realize I need to like Drop and then add, and I want to accomplish this, or maybe I'm gonna. I still like doing this content, but maybe I should make it all look like this and that kind of thing. Um, but in terms of like the diabetes community, I would say kind of I just want to more bring awareness to a lot of different people that might not necessarily, like you said, be active on Instagram because I've had a lot that have basically mentioned like stories to me or something, and I'm like, why don't you share that? Like, that's something that's so like valuable and i've been looking for someone to give me that advice or like experience um but i mean i guess that's what that's what the diabetes podcasts are for they're pulling people's stories
0: yeah i I really like what you were saying though about like the routine or like the rhythm of like setting the uh resolutions and like the intention behind it because then like to me like so much of our lives like roll in this like rhythm and this like calendar that we are not really in control of but we sort of especially in the west just sort of adapt to like school like you know back to school in august you know fall halloween christmas new year's valentine's day spring break on and on and on repeat 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 um and then like kind of in the like adult world like you said you're making that transition like from like college undergrad to grad school and like you know yeah. What we, what we, what we old is the real world. Um, and you know, then you're like supposed to be on, on all the time, you know, like there is no like seasonality. There is no like, Oh, back to school. Like you're just sort of like nah. a professional. You're just an adult forever after that. And I think it's really important to have those rhythms where you like look back on the year and you say like, Oh, well this was good. Or this was bad. Or I'd like to improve on this. Mm-hmm. Or I'd like to avoid this. And I think for me, at least like the end of the year is a good time for that. It like allows for a little bit of reflection. Yeah. It allows for a little bit of like improvement or, you know, uh adding some things. And I think like what you're talking about, it's easy to just put a bunch of stuff on a list that never gets done. Totally. But if you're, you know, intentional about it and you give yourself like a little space and grace like we talked about at the beginning, uh yeah, maybe it is maybe it is like a big opportunity to be more compassionate or maybe you could help avoid yeah. some of the things that were difficult this year by not jumping the gun and like thinking before you speak. And like, I think those types of things are really long lasting resolutions. They're not just like a year. They're not just like a moment in time. It's like, no, a thing I agree. Holistically so, as a person.
1: Yes, exactly. Cause I think it's so like, I don't know, especially just with how we are in society. Like I am the worst culprit. My parents, when they're listening to this, they're going to be like, Oh, she finally said it. Like, she knows she does too much. Cause I'm the person that's like, well, I didn't do all I did. today was like work, go to dinner, Take a walk and like hang out with so and so, and they're like, "What? Like that yeah, was it's like, like seven, seven things." Th- yeah, they're like, "That was like seven things." I'm like, "Guys, it's fine. Like everybody needs to get off my back." Uh, so I feel like I'm I am the culprit of doing a lot of things, and I think that's like the biggest thing. Like you were saying about improving, like I ne- I have to get better at minimizing and then prioritize. So it's like, I think I don't know. Even for me right now, I'm working at this fun. I don't know if you know the brand Viori. Do you know that brand? hmm Okay, so I'm, like, working for fun at the shop. And I was like, yes, get my discount. Like, amazing. Whatever, I'll do it for fun. But then I'm over there and I'm like, oh, I'm doing that. But then I'm also trying to get certified. And then I'm in grad school. But then I'm babysitting. Then I'm doing podcast. Like, it's just
0: Doing all the things. Much. Diabetics doing things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which, and I think it's hard, though, because, like I said, when you're in that weird phase, nothing is, like, concrete nine to five unless it's a job, which is why, like, I was doing that because I liked having the 9-5. But then it's like, okay, well, I'm not at that phase yet. Like, I have to get all the stepping stones to get there. And I think that's just in general for anybody, even an adult. I feel like it's, okay, my kids are, like, my mom, for example, she's going through a weird, my sister's getting married, so she's getting all, like, emo, you know? I was like, oh my god, she's moving out. I'm like, And I was like, it's a, but I feel like it's all about, like, how to enhance next year and, you know, look back, reflect, and Move forward in an exciting way and look at the silver lining with it. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of why I like New Year's because I feel like it's a silver lining, and you're like, no bad blood, like only good vibes, only.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity for a fresh start. It's yeah. also kind of like we, you can turn the page on a, on a new year, you know, and totally, um, you know, take inventory and hopefully leave the things like behind that you don't want to take with you and bring the good stuff with you along the way. I think it's, uh it's good. I think it's just a weird, it could become trivial, but I think if you treat it with intention and care, like you can really allow yourself opportunity to explore, you know, new horizons and, and open yourself up to new opportunities. And again, like back to just giving yourself grace and like the way that you talk to yourself, like, what kind of language are you using when you look at yeah. like the last year? Like, are you looking at it with judgment? Are you giving yourself grace? Are you, it's okay to want to improve. It's okay to say, to look at a number or look at, um, you know, a goal and say, oh, well, we didn't really hit this. We didn't really meet the expectation. We didn't really win. Uh, how can we do better? Um, but, you know, to do so without giving yourself judgment or grief and, you know, allowing yourself to, you know, have
2: space to grow. Yeah. No, I completely agree a thousand percent. Then Rob, without giving yourself judgment or grief, I wish I could be more like
0: you. Hey, well, the reason I, I'm so well versed on it is because I have to practice it all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I was, yeah. you, you were talking about uh, Sammy. You were talking about doing a lot of things. Like yeah. I, I asked myself, like it was one of my journal kind of questions the other day. Uh, was like, what would less look like? What would a life with less look like? And like, you know, asking. Uh, do I need some more space? Do I need to do some, a few less things? Like give myself, you know, not, uh, you know, not stretch the rubber band. So, so tight. My sister told me something recently, you know, a couple of years ago, she's like, you know, the brightest candle burns out the fastest. So, you know, you got to make sure, like, even when you have a big light to shine, like make sure that you, uh, are doing so in a way that's still, you know, still good for you. and still sustainable. So, Yeah diabetics doing things like we're doing all the things we like yeah things. you are uh, but you got to make sure that uh you know you're taking care of yourself as well
1: no a thousand percent which i struggle at sometimes
0: hey it's good but to talk about that that's why the podcast is here right we don't have, we're to, the we have open to do up. everything perfect right we don't have we we can just be who we are um yeah so uh sammy you're on the just my type pod uh I, you guys had me on a guest earlier earlier this year so we'll yes. include the links to the podcast but you're also on Instagram, so go ahead and plug yourself uh, where our listeners can find you.
1: Yeah, so we're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at JustMyTypePod underscore and Facebook at JustMyTypePod. Um, and you can also find us online at JustMyTypePodcast.com. Awesome. awesome we'll yeah. And you can find me at Type1Sammy. I mean, I'm forgetting my username, Type1Sammy.
0: <laughs> well, Type1Sammy, thank you so much for coming. Thanks on the for
1: having me. i so Happy anniversary.
0: Happy 10 Thanks. years. That's a big
1: one. I know this is actually like the best diversity I've had. I've ever get to talk to other diabetics on my diversaries.
0: I was very psyched when uh, when I saw your post this morning. I was like, "Wow, we're going to get to talk to you on your diversity." I don't know I if guess. that's a first, but it's definitely one of the few. Definitely a you know a pretty okay, I'll opportunity. pretend it's a first. Okay, good deal. Good deal. <laughs> all right. Well, Sammy, thanks so much for for coming on the show. And uh, keep it locked on diabetics doing things. Everybody, we'll talk to you all soon.
1: Thanks.